If you want to participate, contact me at ordinarywomenpodcast at gmail.com. I'm sure you have great projects to brag about. You can also follow me and message me on Instagram at ordinarywomenpodcast, on Twitter at ordinarywomenpc, or on Facebook on the page Ordinary Women. Hello everyone, welcome to Ordinary Women. Hi Andrea and T. Thank Hello. you so much for being here today. It's my um, pleasure. How are you? I'm good. Can you start by giving a quick introduction of yourself? Yes, my name is Andrianti Diapospitarini. You can call me Hundry. I'm 30 years old. I'm from Indonesia and currently I live in Jakarta because I work in Jakarta. I am a researcher in renewable energy in an Indonesian think tank organization. I am also an independent illustrator who usually tells stories through comics and illustrations. Usually these comics and illustrations are the stories about my daily life or so-called slice of life genre. And you can see my illustration on my Instagram at tropical.alpaca. I highly recommend to follow. I follow you and yeah, I love what you do. So go for her, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And can you tell us something unusual about you? Maybe like I can use my both hands, but only the right one for writing. But I can use everything else with my both hand, like cooking, drawing or cutting or brushing my teeth, something like that. But it's not like I'm genius. Nope. <laughs> because, <laughs> because when I was in high school, I fell down from the motorbike and I broke my right hand and then I forced to use my left hand. So that's the reason <laughs> why I can do everything with, my, with the both hands. But that's so cool. Do you use it every day? Like, do you, would you say you use both hands equally? I think I can say yes, because, well, I move my uh, mouse with my left hand. So, like, for example, if I had a meeting and I scrabble everything with my right hand and moving all the documents with the mouse with the left hand, like, simultaneously. Wow, that's so cool. People say that it's cool, but <laughs> I don't say it's cool, you know? Extra productive. <laughs> no, it is. It is so cool. I would love... I, now I want to train to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. People say that it's really good to prevent Alzheimer, I think. Really? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I don't know, like, is it scientifically true or not, but people say that a lot to me. So Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Oh, I'll, I'll try to do some bit of research on that because that sounds interesting. Mm. Uh, and if it is, we all definitely want to do that. Yeah, indeed. Cool. Since here we talk a lot about being a woman, I like to ask, was there a time or an event when you realized you are a woman? I actually feel that I'm a woman or a girl since I was child, like really in an early age because my parents are protective people and then they want me to use like the skirt or the baggy pants that do not show my curve so it won't attract like 
bad people, something like that. And mm. for that reason, I had to realize that I'm a woman or a girl that, in a quote, must be careful with all the things surrounding me. And also, since I was child, look, well, not really child, though, when I was in elementary school, my dad asked me, are you interested in joining a karate team? Since I was like a tomboy girl, I said, oh, yeah, that's cool. And then I joined the karate team. But actually, the reason why he asked me that it was because he wants me to be able to protect myself. And it was already like during the elementary school. So I knew that I'm a girl at that time. But then when I grew up also, I started realizing that, well, I can wear the thing that I want to wear. So actually the, the status as a girl that has been introduced by my parents since I was child, it's actually like a really a thing inside a box that I didn't know if I have for freedom as a goal so when i grew up i started realizing that okay it's, it's fine to use jeans or or not the baggy bands or or the skirt something like that so in conclusion <laughs> I had already realized it since I was a child, but as the time passes, I start knowing that the girl can also be free with their choice or their opinion, something like that. Cool. Thank you for sharing. So a lot of learnings already. That's nice. But yeah, that's quite alarming that like, um, I understand, I guess, your dad in the way that, yeah, it's good for women to know, unfortunately, how to fight. But also so alarming that a dad wants his daughter, like, how frightening is that if you're already thinking about your child as like, oh, because of their, well, sex rather than gender, I guess, at that point, we need them to learn how to fight that's yeah not yeah. great um but yeah <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> but it is actually nice because I know now how to how to fight actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... that's a good <laughs> And did you grow up with any feminine role model? Actually, I don't have that kind of role model because if I want to learn something, I will just grab everything or everyone that, in my opinion, he or she can give me a good example. So, for example, when I learn about, I don't know, a good way on how to be a politician from Barack Obama, for example, or a good leader from him, I will translate that learning result as a girl who learned from a man to be the girl that can be a leader. Does it make sense? Yeah, completely. Okay. Like independently, independently from their gender, mm. you will get the learnings rather than the people, I guess. Yeah. That's very cool. Do you think you have one person that you would still say you look up to them or is it like very varied, like a lot of different people? A lot of different people, I can yeah. say. <laughs> That's cool. So how do you learn then? Do you just like look for concepts rather than people maybe? 
Mm, correct. Usually, I will, when I'm curious about something, I will just uh, try to see around, read a book, or just Google it. Well, also yeah. reading from the Google, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, this this person has a really nice point of view, and I will start to learn what he does, his background or his personality, but just like how his or her methodology to achieve something. Cool. Okay, nice. And is it still something that's true today? So that was true growing up, and that's is that still true today? Yep, it is. That's very cool. What's the last thing you learned? Since I'm in the field of renewable energy, actually <laughs> in Indonesia there is a woman who installs a lot of micro hydropower in the villages to give the electricity to them. And I really want to be her because she's not only having the idea that electricity is the basic needs for everybody, but she's also a person who really cares on the environment. She even now doesn't use any makeup because most of the makeup contains palm oil, something like that. And she doesn't want to enrich the company that use the material which uh, disrupts the environment, something like that. She's really cool. Oh, uh, yeah, that sounds very cool. What was her name again, please? Tri Mumpuni. Okay, cool. I'll definitely check her out and put in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. did she inspire you to change something about your lifestyle? Basically, I have try to be less uh, waste. I don't want to say like zero waste Ooh. because I yeah. couldn't, I cannot still now. I cannot do it now. It's uh, so hard. <laughs> yeah. And I started this kind of lifestyle in 2016, like using less paper, less plastic, also like differentiate the waste and something like that. And until now, it is kind of easy in Europe because in every household you have like the separated bins, but not in Indonesia. And literally now I'm making my own compost at home. Cool. Like the, uh, a fertilizer from my own food waste and and I also separated the waste from the plastic, paper, and can glasses, and also like indifferentiate waste. And the okay. one that has been separated, I either give it to the... Because in here, there is a person who goes around places for scrapping the waste to search for the plastic and they will sell it. It's really oh. like low level people. I'm sorry to say that because they literally like scrapping the trash bin in front of your house to search for the okay. plastic bottle, something like that. And I just give it to them and it's really like nice whenever I see his face when I gave him this trash that had already been clean and separated because he told me that it will give him more money. Okay. Yeah, at and least you know that you're helping someone for real, I guess. Or there is also another option that you donate the separated trash to. In here, there is a term called bang sampah which is like a bang for the trash. So you can go there and selling, in quote, your trash and you will give like, I don't know, 1,000 or 5,000 rupees, which is like kind of only 30 cent euro, but it's 
there is really big satisfaction when I can have that 30 cents from my treasure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely. And coming back to this person, Mrs. Tremonponi, I learned a lot from her to be like a woman also can be an engineer, not only a housewife. Mm -hmm. And also this woman can be a significant role for the environment. Because, for example, if you are a simple housewife, you will be at home every day. But then what you can do besides just cleaning, cooking or something that the usual housewife can do. You can also like separate the trash in Indonesia. I mean, that's the thing. So that's why the, I really adore her, I can say. Yeah. Would you say that she inspired you in uh, becoming a scientist? I can say yes. Also specifically on the idea about electricity is for all. That's very cool. And would you say the lack of representation of women in society had an impact on you? Well, I cannot say that in a political side, for example, because I'm not the expert in mm -hmm. politics, but... I can give you the example as an engineer. When I graduated from my bachelor in 2013 in Indonesia, there is like really, really small amount of job vacancy for women in the engineering field for a company. They literally stated in the job description that they want first fresh graduate, second male. So it's like, okay, I had already been excluded, but it was 2013. But now it's really, really, really better in here. Because for example, if I can give an example about the installation of MRT in Indonesia, it's the fast train in Jakarta, I mean, and it was like 2018, maybe I don't remember clearly the year, but the head of our installation process was a woman so it was like really opened my eyes at that time because i was in europe i told myself that wow so now indonesia is no longer male dominated engineering field oh yeah yeah like at least you stand a chance or like at least you know that you won't be from just reading the job description you won't already be excluded mm, really and it was like kind of, I don't know, I don't want to exaggerate actually, but for example, if you see a job description to be a cashier or a person who arranged the books in a bookstore, they want to hire a woman, they literally will say like, they want first a woman, second a good appearance, something like that. And it was like, oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. yeah, and it was like 2013, so something like that around. Wow, that's crazy. Is it legal for companies to say that they want a man? Before, yes, but now I literally don't know if there is like the law or something prohibit this, but I don't see this kind of thing anymore in Indonesia. Okay, either way, things are changing, so that's good. Hopefully, mm. it will continue changing for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, true, true. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. That's so interesting. I know so little about Indonesia, to be honest. So yeah, it's so interesting to hear about it. But now I want to know more about you. I'd like to hear about a project or something that you did and that you're proud of. 
basically, since I'm a renewable energy researcher, I, I really want to use my knowledge to show to people that actually renewable energy is a powerful source to power your house or complete your electricity demand. Because, for example, now in Indonesia, it's still like around 60% of the electricity is from the coal, but actually the renewable energy sources in Indonesia is really, really, really huge. And I really want to spread these sentences to the people, not only to the government, because of course the government had already known this. But then, for example, people in the villages, they don't know that actually they can power their houses with the water from the river nearby their house, something like that, for example. And I really want to use my knowledge to do this in the technical aspect or just in a non-technical aspect, which means that socialize this idea to the people. Because besides working in my main working place now, I am also a volunteer in a non-governmental organization in Indonesia. And this organization, they want to educate people in a remote area in Indonesia, especially in Papua. And since my background is the renewable energy researcher how can i educate them it's not only about like reading or understanding new things but i will also educate them about the potential of the natural things that they have there which actually can be converted into electricity i really want to do that and actually now we are building the idea of installing the micro hydropower in a village in Papua and it's really really like wow like my dream will be like closer I can say to the younger me that look you want to electrify a remote area or a village that really 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 remote now it will happen Besides that nerd stuff, <laughs> since I am also an illustrator, I also tell people about not only my daily life or funny stories about my things, but I also draw a lot of things about like mental health awareness and then gender equity and also like people's voice is also important, something like that. And I want to to tell not only a funny story with my illustration but also a story that you can tell yourself that this story can change not your life but maybe just like uh, to have a better opinion about yourself so cool like both of them sound incredibly interesting and cool to do and like helpful for the planet <laughs> I want to hear about both. Let's start with the more scientific one. How did you start to do it? Basically, if I can start from the really beginning, 
I have my bachelor degree in the environmental engineering and then I move to France to have the degree of environmental science and I learn about like water like a hydrological cycle and the risk of having a lot of waters in your area which is the floods and also this risk happens not only to the building but also to the people so we need to evacuate the people and then if you have a lot of water in the river you can actually use it as a hydropower and i was like wow so actually nature if we are quote kind to them they will give us a lot of benefits if we don't quote kind to them they will also destroy us so when we don't disturb the ecosystem in the water we can use them as the source of electricity that we can use every day and that's like the start or the turning point of me as a person who has an engineering background that actually we can not only designing something but also how this design can be something that not disturb the ecosystem that had already been there and we can get the benefit as the electricity i mean okay wow that sounds incredibly interesting thank um, you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so why are you proud of this yeah, first of all, because I'm a woman in engineering field, I'm really, really proud of it that I can prove to the younger me that I can be a person who has a really good idea about renewable energy and can design hydropower and wind power and solar power, something like that. So yeah, that's the only thing that I can say why I'm so proud of having this idea. That's so, so cool. And also, like you said a bit earlier, I think that's very cool as well, that you know that you're actually helping people. This is so cool, knowing that you do things that really will be useful for other people. That's so nice. Believe uh, or not, the very first time when I developed the idea of helping people in the remote area of Papua, I was like, kind of, oh my god, how can I do that? Because I don't know anything about Papua then. But then at that time, I have a friend who is originally from Papua and we developed this idea together. And then when he went back to Papua and he sent me the video of people that doesn't have electricity, cannot read and I was like I was alone at that time I was in US and I felt like homesick and I literally like crying in my room because I think that I was so fortunate that I can go here and there and have my higher degree and I can have uh, my voice as a woman that is heard to others and I said okay I will like do my best to bring this potential human resource sources from the remote areas of Indonesia. That's so cool. And were there other like challenges that you faced and that you were not expecting? When I just graduated from the master and I became a research assistant in a university in Indonesia and 
at that time, my voice was not heard by anybody in that department because I don't know, maybe it was only my perspective. But at that time, I thought that, oh, maybe because I'm still a young person who doesn't have like PhD or, or just like immature engineer that didn't know anything about the situation in Indonesia. And at that time, I was like, that's why I decided to pursue my PhD because I want people to hear my voice as an engineer also. But well, it's not like you have to go to a PhD level to be a good engineer. You can also be really good engineer by, uh, I don't know, like growing in a company. Another one, I'm really good to analyze something or calculate something, but I am really, really bad in writing. So <laughs> when I need to write a report about my analysis, wow, I need a person <laughs> to proofread my document because it will be like super bad. Well, like um, the idea to electrify uh, remote areas in Indonesia, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of challenges that must be faced. For example, not all people who live in this remote area can speak Indonesian. And that's why like, I'm so lucky that I have a friend who is originally from Papua that can translate all the idea into Papuan, which is like a language there. Since we also so want to empower the local people we need to teach them how to install the hydropower how to operate it and how to maintain it and that's kind of challenge also because this remote area people if i can say they are not like highly educated so we literally need to explain everything from really 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 basic thing okay wow yeah that sounds intense Thank you for sharing this. And on the contrary, was there anything that was easier than you thought it would be? First of all, actually, now the idea of energy transition from the coal-based system in Indonesia to the renewable-based system in the electricity sector, I mean, this idea had already like grows a lot in Indonesia and people start seeing renewable energy as really good things to have also our government. So when I came back to Indonesia last year to work and I expected that it will be kind of tiring to do like a lot a lot analysis to prove that Indonesia actually has a lot of potential of renewable energy but it was actually not because our government for example start to increase like the share of renewable energy in our electricity sector and second of all regarding the idea of of electrifying remote areas I thought that well it will be like really difficult to talk with people that cannot talk my language or cannot understand what I mean and then it turns that it's not that difficult because when you come to the village of course you need to build the bond with them and once they trust you they will like oh okay what do you want for my village and blah blah and then at that time when they know 
the idea of having hydropower in their village, I didn't expect that they're like super welcome to the idea. I thought that they didn't because they use the river also for irrigation, for cleaning the cattle, something like that. But they actually like, oh my God, so we can have the electricity, something like that. And it was like, wow. So it's it's kind of like they have waited for having this electricity in their village for a long time. So when we came up with this idea to them and they were like really, really welcome. And it's it's really like heartwarming when yeah. I heard that they're really happy with this idea. Yeah, it must be so rewarding. That's very cool. Is there anywhere we can like follow your progress? Yeah, actually we have like an Instagram for this NGO at Hanoene. Oh, yeah, very cool and promising stuff. Um, I'll definitely follow that and see where it goes. I would also like to hear more about what you do with illustration. Since when have you been drawing? That's quite a long time ago. Maybe it started when I was in a bachelor degree because I started seeing that drawing is really, really stress relief activity. And at that time, I was in a realistic drawing mm-hmm. with just like black and white. And I keep doing that until maybe like middle of the bachelor i started drawing with the color like and it was still like the few scenery something like that like really in a realistic way with the pencil and paper and then this is like kind of <laughs> sad situation because like at the end of my bachelor i joined a competition and i submit my illustration and at that time it was the drawing of a rice field <laughs> i still remember it because it was the rice field of my grandparents <laughs> And oh. <laughs> when I submitted it, the judges said that it was so bad. Like, oh no! The, yeah, if you want to pursue illustrator as your main job, you will not have like higher recognition or something. And I was like, wow! It was like really, really mentally hit me. Yeah, I- that's savage to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I throw my illustration and I was kind of afraid to draw in a color again. So I came back with a black and white until maybe like 2015, maybe. So it was like uh, around two years. I didn't touch any color because I felt like traumatic. And then I had my first tablet. So I start playing like drawing in this tablet, but still like in a black and white with the pencil mode. And then I realized that there is a free app to draw in the tablet called Autodesk Sketchbook. And then I download it and I was like, oh, there are a lot of colors that I can choose because they use like the color palette that I can play with. And I started like, oh, well, let's play with the colors. And I was wow. I literally drew my first colored illustration in that tablet and it was like, wow wow, I can actually like cope my fear with the color. So I started drawing with the color until now with like telling stories about like comics and everything. 
That's so cool. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear about all the process you've been through. And how did you start your Instagram page and drawing more or like illustrating more about issues you care about, basically? Well, <laughs> it started when I was in PhD because my journey during PhD was kind of like depressing, I can say. When I tried to remember my path during the PhD, it was like super, 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 super difficult path that I had already passed, luckily. <laughs> and at the end of my PhD, and I said that, okay, people must know the actual having a degree abroad and specifically doing PhD far away from the family it's really really hard and also I told like some funny stories about my demanding professors <laughs> my demanding <laughs> professors something like that Because I want to show to people that actually my life in here is not that really easy. Because what I posted in Instagram at that time, it was just like when I went to Milan, for example, I, I shared the picture of Milan. And when I was yeah. in Ireland, I shared the picture of Iceland. I didn't share the picture of me working all day and like <laughs> crying in a corner. <laughs> I didn't show that. So people must know this story. So I started to tell my story using comics in my Instagram and also I began to realize that since I, I had already said that my journey during PSD was really really depressing and I want to say that mental health is really important and also caring to yourself is also really really important I, I want to tell that in my illustration and then uh, when I graduated I started to like okay I have to tell also to people that actually women can be everything and have their own choices something like that so that's why I I basically illustrate or draw everything in my mind that are basically based on what I had already felt or what I am feeling at that time. So it was like kind of personal illustrations that I posted in my Instagram. So every illustration has the meanings and it's basically the things that had already occurred to me or currently occurring to me so it's kind of like really personal that's why like when people tell me like you can sell your illustration and I was like ah, oh, I can actually I am able to but outside there are a lot of art thieves and if this theft Till my illustration for example which is like really personal to me I will feel like really angry and I don't know how to deal with it because this thief is like a digital thief and <laughs> I, I don't know how to track it if I want to track it it will need a lot of money so I am now currently just like opening commission to people that illustrate what they want me to draw not like selling my art outside Okay, wow. Yeah, that's a good compromise. I definitely get that. When it's very personal, it might be quite scary to know that literally anyone can have it slash tell it. 
Thank you for sharing. That's so interesting. And was there anyone who had an impact on this? It's my current boyfriend because he literally tells me you can draw whatever you want and there is no limit to draw and you can also draw your voice and everything because if I don't know if it's a good thing or not if I compare my boyfriend to my parents my parents are kind of like traditional Asian parents <laughs> for example when I draw about my depression state and I I posted it in Instagram or in Facebook. They saw it and they immediately texted me and said that, oh, why you posted it? Uh, it's not good to share your emotion to the global platform that every people can see because people will think that you are weak and blah, blah. That is their point of view. But actually what I illustrate, it's fine. It's okay to not be okay. And well, my boyfriend really encourage me to draw everything that I feel. That's so great to have people who support you and like tell you that you definitely should. That's very cool. Coming back to challenges, was there in your illustration journey any challenges that you faced? First challenges that I had already faced, it was the one with the bad judge <laughs> that yeah. I had already explained. And then the second challenge is it's, I want to make this as my maybe like second job, for example, or not the main job, just like part-time job or something. Because honestly, now it's kind of hard to gain a lot for only doing commission or drawing what people request to me but I want to also sell my art maybe if if I had already find a safe way to do that or maybe I can try to win some grants or something for this illustration but well it, it will be like kind of hard also because there are a lot a lot a lot artists out there <laughs> that is really really good so well yeah yeah I hope you find a way to live out of it. That would be that would be Thank amazing. <laughs> and I was there on the contrary, anything that was easier than you thought would be. It was the example when I started to draw with color again because literally in two years I didn't touch any colored pencil or, or crayon or like coloring stuff. But it turned that it was fine. It's just like a color. It won't hurt you. A person hurt me, not the color something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the second thing that I thought that it was difficult. In the beginning of this year, I win a grant from the British Council to be one of the illustrators for them to illustrate like kind of an article from a professor. And when I applied for this grant, I didn't expect that I would get it because I knew that, well, this is like British Council and of course they will hire like really great illustrator and it turned that I got it and I was like huh really and it was like literally at 11 p.m of Indonesia time I got the email and I literally like screaming and my flatmates was she immediately woke up and thought that I don't know I was hurt or something <laughs> <laughs> she knocked my door and what happened what happened and I said I'm the grand and it was like okay oh. 
<laughs> it was like so funny moment because it was like already sleeping time in here and I got the email. <laughs> <laughs> but so great, like such a joyful moment. I hope you wake more people when you get this kind of news. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, and that moment really, really wake me up that actually, I don't know, an amateur like me can also have like a certain amount of money only by illustrating something. That's yeah. so cool. I can't wait to like follow and see what other cool things you do, honestly. That's very, very cool. <laughs> Thank you. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of this. Uh, I don't think I have any more questions to ask you, but maybe you want to add something about something we talked about or something else? I don't have anything to add. Okay. Well, in that case, let's conclude this episode. Thank you so much for coming today. That was so interesting. I learned so much. Thank you. So as usual in this episode, the guest has the very last word of the podcast. The mic is yours. To all women who listen to this podcast, you girls are awesome. And you really, really have unlimited and hidden strength to change this world. You just need to follow the path that you think or you believe in. And don't forget to read a lot of references that will add more, not only knowledge to you, but also like to ensure you that the path which you will choose is the correct path. Just believe in yourself because you are really, really, really awesome people.